<laughs> on a show that talks about time traveling Bigfoot and alien sex cults. This is serious journalism, people. Serious. This time, this this like, time we mean it. If you think that there are not birds that are not <laughs> real, you're a moron. I do have a superstition that Satan and his minions yes. interrupt mm. technological yes. connections when conversations are getting yes. particularly interesting or, or important. At this point, I'm not throwing these weirdos out because maybe they're telling the truth. Why does everything have to be a hidden conspiracy where the <laughs> motives aren't really clear? Where you can't tell what someone's intentions are from their words. Why, Abby, why? I, I feel like you're just not answering the question. It, there is a pattern here that is definitive, and mm -hmm. this leads us to the CEO's response, yeah. which is not the way that you Amazing. want to play being accused of in a conspiracy theory. Glowing metal things that are moving in impossible speeds and impossible directions, defying laws of physics, showing up over battlefields, showing up over important historical events for all of history. This is Chekhov's gun, you guys. Yeah. It's the gun that's been sitting on the mantelpiece since Act 1. It's Act 3 now. I'm waiting for it to go <clears throat> off. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 8 of Conspiracy Pilled, The Shape of Shadows with Tony Merkel is joining us. I'm your host, PJ Williams. With me is Abby Libby. From the casting couch is Tony. What? What's going on, man? What up? What was that sound? <laughs> was what? anybody else hearing that, or was that just me? I, I, this, okay, it, it went away. We're good. The fallen angels coming in. I'm telling you. <laughs> That's what it is, we're, gonna get, we're about to get into it today. All right. I'm, well, Tony, I'm so ready and so nervous. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, I just, it's one of those things where it's like, well, there's certain topics or certain guests where I'm just like sitting here waiting for the technology to just explode, explode. <laughs> like catch on fire, go crazy. Uh, so uh, we prayed about it beforehand, so we should be good, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, Tony, you have recently released a documentary, The Shape of Shadows, and we're going to be talking about that tonight. Um, but first, do you mind if I just uh, play a trailer for everybody and let them kind of see what it is we're going to be talking about? Yeah. Yeah. If I knew you were going to play trailers, I would have sent you more. But it's well, okay. sent me more? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> play all the trailers. I got, I got just, all. You know what? Let's just, we're going to turn this into a watch party. We're just going to watch the, the film whole movie. <laughs> yeah. It was just director's commentary, director and, and two idiots commentary <laughs> on, on The Shape of Shadows. Anyway. Folks, this is, uh, this is the trailer for The Shape of Shadows. My grandfather, too, he would tell the same story in that same area. There was a horse, like a horseman. So there definitely is that, that creature out there. So they say these things can turn into wolves, they turn into right. you know, different creatures, cougars, whatever. My name is Tony Merkel, host of The Confessionals Podcast. I've interviewed over 500 witnesses to the strange and unexplained. Last year, I assembled a team of like-minded guys to come with me on a quest to document and even possibly experience some of these mysterious phenomena for ourselves. We started getting lights out here over the ridge. Here they come again. Here they come again. Yeah. That gray container was right here. Correct. Look left, look left. Yeah. Up there? They'll come from the west. No. In the sky. So it's old news. It's old news, yeah. This kind of stuff is connected in some way. 
what if those guys, whoever was that, was a decoy? God created everything, including these UFOs, including all this phenomena. God created it all. All right. Well, that was something. Something. Oh, I, cannot, I can't. I can't. I can't with the tech tonight. Stop. Oh my gosh. Let's just let's just let's just reset the whole podcast. Tony, know, how are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking at the comments here, and uh, Whiskey Biz says uh, you're late. Uh, I, I'll take fault for that one. I'm sorry. I, I, Don't uh, worry. I already threw you under the bus. Oh, okay. Perfect. Good. 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 Good to know. Good to know. Um, last time I ever come here. <laughs> hey but uh <laughs> it was it was a really good documentary i remember when when we were watching we were watching it all together on the release night and i was just i felt like i was there i felt like i could hear every snapping twig and every little gust of wind and like jump and get freaked out with you guys you you were like i remember you were very active in the chat which was really cool uh that was nice I think she was only commenting the same thing over and over and over again. She was just like, poke the, poke the circle. Poke yeah. the circle with a stick. You with guys. a stick, yeah. It was like, poke the circle and ah! Poke the circle and ah! <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was a really fun night. Uh, it was the most successful to date. I mean, hey, I've only ever done two of these. So it was, out of the two I've done, this is the most successful live premiere we did. Uh, it went really well till the last like 10 minutes or so. Uh, people were saying that things were going laggy and, uh, and then we kind of experienced it on our end and it turns out Vimeo has a stream hour limit. And so when I was, you know, like I, I literally, so people, you know, most people go on YouTube for free and if they right. venture over to YouTube, it's for free. Not me. No, I have to pay $1,000 a year for Vimeo just to be able to do what I need to do. And then it doesn't even work the way I need it to work. So that's really, that's just fantastic. So um, next time, but you live and you learn. So uh, next time we do a live premiere, we're not even going to use Vimeo. We're going to be using a streaming service. And so it should be all smooth. So yeah. Yeah. I, didn't awesome. I mean, my film's great. It's great. Yes. It's great. <laughs> Everything went perfect. How dare you? It's awesome. <laughs> Check I it got, out. <laughs> Check it out. Theshapeofshadows.com. I got some questions I want to ask you, but really quickly, I just want to give a shout out to all the people who've come over support that supported this show. Uh, so first off on locals, we got Amels 15 and Biblically Ooh. Based, who are new monthly supporters of Conspiracy Pilled. And then we have Angie of the Day with a yearly subscription over on locals. So if you guys want to see this show and get the bonus unhinged content on Thursday nights, you can come over to conspiracypill.locals.com, support the show that way. There's also Odyssey, and we have another anonymous user. It's it's probably not Elon Musk this time, because it was him last time. Yeah. Abby is 100% yeah. sure of that. So uh, this one's probably Bill Gates or something, just keeping an eye on us. But, yeah, uh, just just a that's why, little... That's why the anonymous, yeah. Sneaky eye, yeah. I think he's got five bucks as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably. But anyway, I want to I want to ask you a very important uh, question, Tony. Um, how does it feel to go from a truck driver to the star of a movie with a car chase scene with a high speed chase scene in it? Wouldn't you like to know, fellow trucker? <laughs> I do want to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Listen, it, it, life is a journey, and uh, yeah. I'm convinced that most people enjoy life when they live it that way. Um, we I, I didn't expect it to never drive a truck again, you know? I mean, once I started the podcast, that became the goal. But, uh, you know, when I started podcast or when I started driving truck, I thought that was my career. 
You know, mm-hmm. like I spent, I got my CDL when I was like 21. And then uh, I, I floated around from different jobs. I worked on cars. I did a bunch of different things, but I always had that CDL and I kind of drove commercial in between stops of entrepreneurial der- endeavors and stuff. And then when I got to uh, um, the company I left, which was Pitt, Ohio, uh, I was like, I'm going to stay here forever because my dad started driving there when I was 12 years old. I was like, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. And I was just going to raise my family on a trucker income. And um, God had different plans. And so um, long story short, uh, I got called into podcasting by God. And um, it just been, it has been an evolutionary process since then. So I... Uh, when I, st- when I quit driving truck, I really wasn't even planning on doing films like I do now. That wasn't even on my radar until uh, it, God just works different ways, man. And so I put out episode 420, uh, which actually is going to be reloaded on Monday for people to listen to. But um, I had a guy named Joseph Grando on there who had uh, decades of experience in Hollywood. And uh, he's been on Broadway uh, he came on and gave me one heck of a show. It was quite entertaining. And uh, and then afterwards, him and I just kept in touch. And right around that time, I had gone out and shot the first film, Expedition Dogman. And uh, he's just like, you know, hey, how's that whole thing working out for you? I'm like, oh, it's good. You know, I put it on YouTube and uh, it, it has almost 200,000 views. And he's like, it has almost 200,000 views on YouTube. I was like, yeah. And he's like, and you're not charging for it. I'm like, no. He's like, you need to take it off YouTube and you need to bring me on to Merkle Media. I can help you. And I'm just like, cool, man. (laughs) And he's like, well, make films. I'm like, oh, I'm a filmmaker. He's like, you are now. Yes. (laughs) It's amazing. Just stumbled into filmmaking. I love it. Yeah, it it really was. I mean, when I started Merkle Media, uh, it was a, I actually started Merkle Media while I was still driving truck. And uh, it was just going to be a podcast uh, production company where I produce people's podcasts, kind of what you do. If I don't remember, if I'm directly PJ, right? Do, yeah, don't you yeah. Do something similar, and um, and then you know it just turned into the film stuff because I had somebody on the show that said I could come and visit the area that they were chased out of the woods by Dogman, and I was like, cool, let's go. And uh, <laughs> it took off from there. And then we went and did a second one, and the second one, The Shape of Shadows, was the first one that Joseph was involved in. He was the producer for that, so. Um, he upped the professionalism of just the production so much. And then uh, the, the second one he was involved in, which is the one we shot in Washington, we don't even have a name for it yet, uh, but he, he again, stuck the game up, and now we're stepping it up for film number four. Uh, ne- two weeks from now, we're going out oh. hunting the dog, man. Um, and, oh, and we shot a movie this past summer that hasn't been released yet. That'll be released in, uh, in 2024. So... Um, you know, not a documentary, an actual movie with scripts and actors and all that. So that's so um, much fun. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It, it's it, it's one of those things where you know you're not enjoying it as much as you should in the moment because the moment is the storm and it's just chaos. Mm-hmm. It's it's busy. It's trying to figure out what you're doing. Not enough hands on deck. Like you're doing the job of everybody because there's nobody else to do it. And so you sit back sometimes and you're just like. I should be really enjoying this a lot more than I am now. And I'm going to regret it 15 years from now. Like, you know what I mean? Cause 15 years from now, I, I believe it's going to be a very successful company and I'm going to look back at the journey. I'm like, I really wish I would have enjoyed that process more. Uh, but it's kind of hard in the moment, you know, cause yeah. it's just like, Hey, we need a bank account for this film. We need this for that. And I'm just running around and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I just got to figure it out, you know? So, uh, but it's, it's, I've, I spent some time around, 
uh, people that are further along in their uh, content creation career than me. Uh, they're much larger than me. And one thing I'm learning is that it doesn't matter who they are. We're all just trying to figure it out as we go. Yep. Like we're all college dropouts or didn't go to college. Or we all dropped out of high school and we just, we didn't fit that mold and we found our mold and we're just figuring it out as we go. Cause we are the blueprint, you know, like we're the first generation doing content creation like this. Uh, there's going to be tons of generations coming up behind us that are, uh, are going to be benefiting from the blueprint we lay out and they'll be like, Oh, I like this blueprint, but I'm going to take a little detour over here because these guys wasted so much time doing something that was not beneficial. Uh, but you know, we're, we're learning as we go. So <clears throat> long answer, bringing it full circle around. Uh, yeah, it was kind of pretty cool being Chase in my film. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. It sounds like you got a whole lot of stuff coming out. You know, yeah. I think you're right about the uh, the whole content creator thing, like being the blueprint in, in this generation. Because I've gone to, I take my kids to Walmart and I'll go to like the, the toy section. And in the toy section now is all like YouTube streamers kits for kids. Like they're toy versions of like cameras and microphones. Jeez. And I'm so, I'm like, why is <laughs> it's so it's weird to me. I, I don't think I like it, but it's, you know, interesting. You that, don't like, like it because not, it's uh, not you hater. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's weird. Um, yeah. It's not like uh, kids don't look up to like uh, rock stars and stuff anymore. It's like uh, who's their, who their favorite YouTuber is anymore. So. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, I'll so, tell you what, if anybody comes to me and says, hey, we want to make a toy line out of you, I'm like, yeah, sure. You want a bald <laughs> or beard or what do you want? I mean, we're, we're good. You want the stretch sign? We can do that. We'll do photo shoot, whatever you want, whatever you want. <laughs> Going to have a whole Ryan's World section of toys. It's Tony yeah. Merkel. Yeah. Tony Merkel's strange, mysterious world. Comes out once a year stuff. during October and we, uh, we make great sales and it pays my employees and I can stop doing the job <laughs> of 10 people. It, it, when it happens, I will have I'll have a Tony Merkel bobblehead on my truck. We'll do Perfect. we'll do that. So. <laughs> I'll send it to you for free, my friend. All right, man. <laughs> so uh, about about the shape of shadows. How did how did this whole thing get started? How did you find out about Space Wolf research? How did you decide that you were going to go to the? Uh, is I always pronounce it wrong. Is it you need a basin out in Utah? Uinta. Uinta. Okay, I knew I was getting it wrong. How did this whole thing come about? So uh, it started with uh, Ryan Burns, who owns the property of Space Wolf Research. He uh, was on my show for episode 202. Uh, back then, I, I mean, I still don't know what a skinwalker is. Don't ask me, please. In this right. interview, don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> you get different answers from everybody uh, as to what can, they... Can you give me the detailed description difference between a skinwalker and a Wendigo? Go. Yeah, no. So, <laughs> uh, so no, I... I um, I don't know where I was going with that, but let me just circle back to your original question. Uh, so Ryan Burns, he he was in Utah. He doesn't live in Utah. He was in Utah, and he recalled a story that he went through on my show for episode 202. That's where I was going with it, Skinwalker. Mm -hmm. I named the episode Skinwalker, and uh, I think I might even called it Skinwalker Ranch because I just didn't know what else to call it. Uh, nowadays, I would have called it something way cooler. Um, but <laughs> really, fired. Yeah, I'm just like, if I could fire me, I would. Uh, but I, um, I'm interviewing him, and he said that he was in Utah, and he was driving in the, uh, the uh, Skinwalker Ranch area, and he saw an elderly person walking down the road, and he pulled over to see if they needed help, if they needed a ride. You know, it's the desert. It's hot. Um, mm -hmm. And... They didn't say anything. They just got in the truck. And when they got in the truck, the next thing he knows is he's hanging out of his truck and it is parked down the road 
and they, uh, they're gone, and he's catatonic, and he calls the police, and the native uh, police uh, come out, the reservation police, and he tells them what happened, and they told him that he was nabbed by a skinwalker, and he's lucky to be alive. Yeah, and so he, he said what I said when I first heard about skinwalkers, which is, what's a skinwalker? That sounds juicy. And uh, it, it really is, actually. Um, but he got obsessed with it, and he started looking into it, and he lives, I don't know if he wants me to say where he lives, but he lives in a different state. Uh, and he somehow convinced his wife to let him buy property that bordered Skinwalker Ranch uh, for research purposes. And she's, I don't know what, I don't know what kind of bet he had with his wife. He had to win a game of Uno or something. I don't know. But uh, they, they, they buy this property and he calls it Space Wolf Research. And uh, that is where we went. That is where we went. Which is the coolest name for a research it's facility, really cool. by the way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like I asked him, last time I talked to him on my show, I asked him, I said, where'd you get that name? And uh, he said it's just basically a combination of the, the frequent UFOs that are sighted in that area and the frequent upright walking dogs that are sighted in that area. So we're just going to call it Space Wolf Research. And I'm like, ah, that works. Uh, and I forget what it was. I was trying to think of a name for something. I forget what it was. And I kept on just saying to myself, Space Wolf, Space Wolf. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's got to be something else. But uh, it's such a good name. But yeah, so I asked him on that interview. I asked him, I said, uh, if I ever came out there, would you let me you know, spend some time on the property? And he said, no. And I was like, okay, you know, no big deal. And then uh, after the interview was over, he's like, dude, you're totally coming. I just didn't want to say no publicly because everybody's going to ask me to come out then. I'm like, oh, right. perfect. <laughs> and so um, I wasn't ready to go out. I mean, episode 202, I, I didn't think, I was still dreaming of becoming a full-time content creator. I didn't mm-hmm. actually think it was going to happen. You know, <laughs> like, I was like, man, wouldn't that be something if I could do this for a living one day? And uh, here we are. But when we did Expedition Dogman, we knew we were onto something. I mean, I, it, it was, it's, I, I've, I firmly believe that Expedition Dogman is the worst it'll ever get for Merkle Media. And if that's the worst it ever gets, we're doing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that, that thing was done on $5,000. And that was just basically to get the cabin in the woods, pay for everybody to come down, pay for all their food, pay for the gas, uh, pay for ammo, you know, things like that. But, uh, it really, it was, anybody knows about filmmaking, $5,000. I mean, you might as well find pennies in your couch cushion. It's, it, it's nothing. And, right. uh, and so we, we, after that film, we knew we were onto something. And so we started thinking, what are we going to do next? You know, and the Skinwalker Ranch show had been really, it still is popular and it's, you know, mm-hmm. hitting. And we're like, you know, I bet if we went out there, Ryan Burns let me on the property and I contacted him. He's like, yeah, man, come on out, bring your guys and stuff. And he's just like, no guns. I'm like, what? You <laughs> <laughs> What's up with the no guns thing? Yeah. He, he, I think he's starting to slightly move away from that. I think no. mainly because he's starting to come from, to a new understanding as to what all this stuff is. And mm-hmm. I think that one, he probably thinks that, you can't kill this stuff anyways with a gun. Right. Yeah. Uh, but also he has, um, he has been having a spiritual awakening in his life. I don't know what exactly that is. I just know last time him and I talked, I was like, you're talking different than the last time I talked to you, you know? So I think he's like, you know, why not? Go ahead, shoot it. See what happens. You know? So I, I really don't know. But, uh, Originally, the idea was this: he has he has a caretaker on the property. He goes through caretakers more than I change my socks. 
And uh, he had his first caretaker out there. The guy has somebody over at the house. And this house is just a small little house. It's nothing huge or anything. Uh, he has a visitor over and they hear noise outside and they go out. And I believe Ryan said there were three upright walking dogs standing on the opposite side of the fence. And they stepped over the fence towards this guy. And he unleashed bullets on these things and nothing died. And so uh, Ryan at that moment decided that he could, because Ryan bought the property because he wanted to research the phenomenon. You're not going to research the phenomenon if you keep scaring it off and trying to kill it. And so his idea was no guns allowed on the property. This is a safe haven property for these, these creatures. If I find out that you shoot at these things, you're fired. And uh, that was his policy. So moving Damn. forward, all his caretakers were not allowed to have guns on the property. And uh, they, I, I, I wouldn't have taken that job. No. Not in a million years. <laughs> nope. I think he just needs to rethink this. I mean, have they tried silver bullets yet? I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, I let's, know right? let's get creative. I know. You know, I, I think I, I, that's not a bad idea. I, th- I should try to track down <laughs> some silver bullets before I, I head out. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, we go out there. We're not allowed to have guns. And we're thinking, well... Just take the take the chance, I guess. You know, what are you going to do? You're going to say, no, we're not going to come. <laughs> I mean, like we're, we're going, you know. So uh, we go out there. And before we even get out there, Ryan's telling me that he had uh, a huge container. You see it in the trailer. Um, I have a picture of that. Yeah. People, so I can show it to people. Yeah. Keep, but yeah, keep going. Uh, the, the trailer, you know, this, this trailer is a, it's a container off one of those big ships that you see in the shipping yard. So like when you're watching a movie and somebody's trapped in that trailer on the ship that's in the dock and stuff, and it's the whole, you know, 1980s action film kind of thing. Yeah. That's the kind of trailer we're talking about here. I mean, it was huge. Uh, that, that shed that it's next to is probably about 20 feet long. So it kind of gives you a, an idea of how, how large this thing is. And you can actually see there in the picture where it was sitting at one point. He called me to tell me that it lifted up and moved on the property. And I'm like, what do you, what, what do you mean, buddy? You know, like, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> it's just moved. And he said it just moved that uh, as far as he knew, there was nobody on the property with machinery, with a crane to lift it. The caretaker never saw anybody. And the caretaker's job is to be there. He lives there. That's it. Uh, if the caretaker is going to be gone, he's going to be gone for an hour max to do grocery shopping or something like that in the area. And you're not backing. Listen, PJ, you know. Yeah. You know. When you're pulling into an area with a tractor trailer and it is, this is the first time I've told this to another trucker. So you're actually going to get this. Fantastic. <laughs> um, so the, the, the gate to the entrance to this place is, it's like a driveway gate, you know? Mm-hmm. And you can back a trailer in there, but you're not going to do it in one shot. And, right, yeah. you, and you're not going to pull your trailer in because you want you want to see where everything's going, right? So the, the safest bet, and also you have the escape option where you don't have to worry about getting stuck anywhere. You can pull right out then. So nine out of 10 times, you always had that one driver that just doesn't get it and he thinks he's just going to pull in somewhere and then you're out there an hour he's tearing down people's fences but (laughs) most times guys are going to back in and you're not going to back in in one shot because the way the road was uh you're going to start 
turning it in, and you're going to pull forward, readjust, turn it in a little bit more, pull forward, readjust. You're going to hear the air brakes popping back and forth, these new trucks and the beeping for the reverse. Probably every new tra- trailer, uh, tractor trailer has them. Uh, all that, You're going to hear it. And it's right next to the caretaker's house. He would have heard somebody backing in a trailer to unload a crane to lift this thing and move it, you know? Uh, so we kind of rule that out. Uh, we also did call around to uh, operating companies that, that rent that kind of equipment out, and nobody rented a crane out that would have been able to do that, let alone into that area. So uh, we don't have any heavy machinery that we can find. Uh, but here's the, the interesting thing as well. So there's no drag marks. Like you see where the, the, yeah. the trailer was sitting. There, it's not like somebody pulled it. You know, they got like a bunch of trucks out there and just pulled it. There's no drag marks. And the only drag marks we have is on maybe four or five rocks that sit about about that high off the ground, but they're still in their little divot where they've been pressed down into the ground. So they haven't been moved out of their spot, but there's scrape marks on the top of them. So this thing lifted up just enough to clear everything except for a few rocks. And as it moved over them, it scraped before it dropped down where it's at. And actually the corner next to the shed there, it actually hit the shed and dented the shed in. And I don't think we had put that in the film. Uh, there's a lot of things we didn't put in the film. I mean, you're out there for a whole week and you got to figure out how to fit it all into an hour and a half. And we didn't do that. I think it was like an hour and eight yeah. minutes, I think. Uh, yeah, and I just want to explain this for people who are listening. Is this this trailer that's been moved, it hasn't been shifted slightly or moved a few inches to the left or the right. It's like perpendicular and from the aerial view, you can see there's no way something that big is getting moved that far without tr- you know any type of marks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's it, it's, it is wild, and um, and that happened before we got out there. So he calls me and he tells me that, and I'm just like, let's go. And then uh, Joseph, being a good producer, arriving a day early before we get out there, um, he and Christian get there, and the first day they're there before we get there, they catch a, a UFO in broad daylight on footage, and. That was just by chance. I mean, like they set up binoculars on tripod to just look out over the Mesa and Christian decides to take his cell phone and put it up to the binoculars just to film footage, not for the documentary. We're not going to take that footage and put it in the documentary, you know, like, but he just wanted it for himself. And uh, just as he did it, Christian's putting his phone up. Joseph sees something large and white drop down out of sky, completely vertical, stop, go horizontal, horizontal across, horizontal across the frame and then shoot straight back up again. And, uh, we, just as it was shooting across, Christian put his phone up and caught it shooting across frame. And so we were able to catch that. And, you know, you can say, oh, well, that's just a bird, your vantage point, you know, all that stuff. But we have Joseph saying with his own naked eye, he saw this thing drop down out of the sky, go horizontal, and then vertical again. So, like, we have Joseph's uh, Joseph's eyewitness testimony to match along with the footage we've recorded. And the only only objectionable thing there would be people saying that we're lying, which, you know, we get that all the time with everything that we do. So, you know, it's just the way it is. Like, uh, it's funny. People, like, I I, I think people who... I don't know what people are thinking, to be honest with you. Some people are really into these topics and they're excited and then they try poking holes in everything like you're trying to lie to them, manufacture things. I'm just like, well, no, we're not doing that. And 
don't you like just want to enjoy this stuff sometimes? Like, yeah. <laughs> like you know, you're you're here to you're like I want to I want to. This is amazing. This is cool stuff. And then ah, it's not real. Excuse me. You know, <laughs> like so it is what it is. But um, yeah. So that that all happened before we even got there. And then the day we got there, it, the day we got there was the most action packed day of everything. We spent the rest of the week pretty much unpacking what happened the first day. Uh, it, it was pretty wild for sure. Yeah. Wow. So how, <laughs> roll up on a place. And you're like, I feel like I already missed two of the craziest things I've ever seen, you know, ever heard of happening. Yeah. Like, did you expect like it was just going to continue? Or did you think you maybe just like missed, missed the whole I thing? Like, oh man. I was ticked. I was yeah. mad, mad, mad. <laughs> like, I was excited, too. but I was mad because I was excited in the moment, but in my gut, I was like, I missed my opportunity. It's not going to happen for me now. And um, it's not the first time because, or no, it's not the last time because our last film we shot, I, I arrived a day late because my, my flight was uh, delayed and I missed a whole day of filming and it ticked me off. But um, yeah, <laughs> but, you so didn't, but you didn't miss everything because uh, was it the day that you got there that you started seeing like these weird footprints and stuff like that? Yeah. So the day we got there, uh, I'm like, okay, well, let's hopefully we have some fun this week and, you know, probably not going to catch anything else on film because we... We had our fill, you know, like what are the odds you're going to catch more than one UFO, right? Right, yeah. Chances are pretty slim, but we we got a lot more than just two. <laughs> and so uh, we, we saw a lot of stuff. But so we get out there and uh, we don't waste any time. We, we, uh, we unload the gear and then we start exploring the property together. And I believe it was Joel who found the trackway first. And this trackway, this trackway, I, I, I don't know, I don't know how to view it anymore. Um, I've tried poking holes in it. When we first found this trackway, it was, it was these human footprints. And just so people understand, like we're out in the desert and we had some weird weather that week. It would go from freezing cold. We had snow to 90 degrees and uh, I'd never experienced anything like that in my life. Uh, I didn't bring a hoodie. I had to borrow my brother's. And um, we find this trackway that apparently the weather at some point had rained so hard that this whole area was just complete mud because the human footprints we found were impressed deep into the ground. And now it's been hardened because of the hot sun. And you see this trackway go down this hill and then all of a sudden, after, I don't know, five, six st steps of a human footprint, the human footprints are gone. They're, they stop. Like, they go from a deep imprint to nothing. Not gradually, like, oh, it's dry ground or anything like that. It's just, they're gone. And then in its place is equally deep prints, but they're horse prints. And I'm like, okay, there's, there's a logical explanation here because surely we don't catch a UFO on footage and then also get lucky enough to find some kind of funky transformation trackway of a skinwalker. And so I'm like, this is somebody who was walking down this hill and then they hopped up on their horse. That's why the footprints are gone. And then the horse prints are there and you just ride on off. And then you realize that doesn't make sense because horses are heavier than humans and there will be horse prints where the human prints are <laughs> if somebody was walking their horse. 
And yep. uh, maybe this is that like friend story where it's like, you know, I carried you and then you carried me kind of yeah. you know, right. just carrying the horse on his back. Carrying the horse. And yeah. that is why it was so deep impressions. We got it. We cracked, That's where we cracked we the it. case. He had his horse on his back, of course. Yes. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. So, okay. So, we did it. We poked the hole. Yeah. So you. let's talk about the next film. <laughs> I, uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're out there hunting skinwalkers, and what we think we found was a transformation track, which was not on the radar at all, and, um, and I'm glad we found it. And so we, we actually uh, we brought in two different people that, are, that live on the reservation to give their vantage point, their natives, and uh, we brought them in separately so that they wouldn't you know, feed off each other, and both of them concluded that it was a skinwalker trackway, and they... And I think it was Johnny who, like, when he was talking and he was telling me about how, yeah, this is a skin, like, confirming it to me, the way he said it to me was just like, I felt like he was thinking, what are you, stupid? Like, <laughs> of course, it's a skinwalker. Like, like, like you, you guys come in here looking for a skinwalker, you find it, and you're surprised? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, like th- th- it was like old hat to him. So he's like, yeah, yeah, this is, that's what that is, and we should be careful. We probably should leave. And, uh, you know, and I was like, I was watching this with my wife earlier today because uh, she hadn't seen it before. And we, when it came to that part, she she grew up in Southern California and saw a lot of like weird witchy type stuff. And she's yeah. just like she just believes in all of it. And as soon as it got to the part, she's like, why is he taking so long to get there? It's like, obviously, this, this is what it is. It happens all the time. And she's just like, yeah, no, I know. I'm ready to move on. She's kind of yeah. like Johnny in that way. I was like, no, it's it's good stuff. He's got to prove it. Yeah, uh, and, but it was very interesting. Yeah. I remember in the moment, I remember in the moment asking questions, trying to be open-ended on it with them to, so the audience doesn't perceive me as trying to lead them into answers. Cause I do do that a lot. Mm-hmm. I assume the question or the, the, the way I'm steering a conversation in my interviews, I assume I understand where it's going to go. I assume I know the person well enough at this point to say something that I know they're going to, what, how they're going to react. And that's just, that's the faults of somebody who's coming out with almost 600 episodes. Like it's just, you, you just, it happens. And so when I'm doing the films, you're, you're dealing with, yeah, your audience, but you're also dealing with a whole world of people who have no idea who you are mm-hmm. and you, you're trying to make good first impressions. And so I remember asking them questions and stuff and, uh, and, and trying to almost draw it out a little bit just so that the audience can see that I'm trying to be, uh, you know, balanced here, even though like, I was like, I don't know what else this could be at this point. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then Johnny and Bo both, uh, they both confirmed it. And so, uh, that when I said we were unpacking the stuff that happened the first day for the rest of the week, that was one of those things. Those guys didn't come out the same day together. Uh, they didn't come out the day we found it. And so you see it all like together in the film, but that was multiple mm-hmm. days of work. Uh, but, uh, so we found that and we explore the area and nighttime comes and we're sitting around a campfire and listen, we don't like, we don't do Ouija boards. We don't do spirit boxes where we're like, please talk to me. If you're here, please tickle my right armpit. You know, like we don't, we don't right. do that stuff. Like my, I'm fortunate that my entire team, uh, we're all Christians. And so we believe certain things and summoning spirits is not, uh, something we should be doing. Not that it's not possible. We definitely 
believe it's possible because right. that's God exactly why you shouldn't do it because yeah, exactly. it, it is possible. It's real. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like God commands us not to do it and he doesn't yeah. waste his breath. So he's not going to be like, Hey, uh, Tony, also what I don't want you doing is going down to Knoxville and picking up that big building and throwing it over the smoky mountains. Don't do that, Tony. Like he's like, he's not wasting his breath, you know, right. and multiple times throughout the scripture, he tells us not to do this. And so uh, logic says that's because it is possible. We're just not supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, going out there in these paranormal films and doing what we do as Christians, we don't do it the same way everybody else does. Uh, and, and, and I'm glad for that. There's, there's, there's a real um, perspective to have, be had here where when people say they've had paranormal encounters, whether it's Bigfoot, Dogman, hauntings, UFOs, whatever it is, uh, most of the time they weren't asking for that action. They just got it. And so if that happens and they're on my show telling me what happened to them, suddenly they weren't expecting it, then why can't that happen to me in that same exact environment? I, I, I shouldn't have to try drawing things out when everybody else gets to have it happen to them randomly. And so if I go to these areas for extended periods of time, I'm not just passing through. I'm not just by accident driving down the right road where there's a skinwalker walking down the road. Like I'm going out to the location, putting myself in the environment for an entire week, multiple nights, multiple days, existing in the environment, doing our little experiments and doing things and stuff. Uh, And we do try to push the edge uh, on things, but we do have uh, certain lines we don't cross. But ultimately, we believe that just existing in the environment should garner the attention we're looking for if it's real and possible. And we've experienced that. And so um, we, we did that the whole day. And, and just to let you guys know, I should have told you this before we started recording. If I ever go like way off, just bring it back. <laughs> Like it, like it, like I'm tired and <laughs> no, it's all good. ADHD. I, I, I actually do have a question. I think I think this is where you're you're going to the the circle thing, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, I thank you. Because I gotta ask you about this. Because you just you just said you know you're not trying to provoke the things, but then in the next part in the documentary, you find out that there is a circle of bones. This this ritual looking circle, and I have a picture of this as well for people. And Tony's brilliant idea is, hey, let's go look at it at night and I'm just watching this going like uh, I think he's trying to make a documentary but he might be trying to make a horror film like like Blair Witch style like real camera horror film but not like not like the fake stuff like the real Blair Witch project yeah Honestly, so much of the documentary <laughs> did feel like a horror film in the in the best way. All the like creepy tingling. And this part right here was is the part I still think about. Like when I think about the documentary, this is what I think about. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. And, and it, it's funny because there's things that... So before we started doing the promotion for this film, uh, I literally forgot about the chase scene until I started reviewing everything because I was just like... That was like the thing that I just... It slips my mind all the time. I'm like, oh yeah, and we were chased. And the chase. <laughs> Everything was so crazy that a that a high speed car chase just kind of yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. I, I think it, I think I would remember it more. But in the moment, I was focused on the fact that I couldn't get my my vehicle to drive any faster. I was like, <laughs> you know. But uh, anyway, so the uh, the ritual circle and to go to bounce off of what you said before I get into it. Uh, yeah, man. Like we're, we're like first of all. I mean, we're out there for an entire week. So we're going to exist in the daytime and the nighttime. And why not go down there at night? Like, why not? You know? Uh, so, I, I mean, think of shoot. so many reasons why not, Tony. <laughs> no gun. Well, I mean, so this next film we're shooting in a couple of weeks, 
we're going to be like hunting, hunting the dog man in an area that we believe it's responsible for over 20 deaths. Oh my and, God. Uh, so like, that's going to be fun at night. That's going to be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I should actually, I have a couple of friends that have like night vision goggles. I should probably see if I could borrow those. <laughs> so um, anyways, see, that's what I'm saying. Bring it back around, Tony. Uh, so, so nighttime comes after that first day. We find those trackways. It was incredible. And I'm like, holy crap, we got a freaking UFO on video. We got this trailer that moved before we got here. And we got this trackway on the first day. You know what that means? Wrap it up, boys. We got ourselves a film. Let's go home now. Like, that's the feeling you have. Like, not that we're, mm. we, we want to go home, but it's like, if nothing else it. happens the yeah. rest of the week, we can make a film out of this. And, uh, and so you, you're breathing finally. You're like, you know, cause like, you know, like, like I, I had to convince my wife that it was okay to invest another several thousand dollars. Like, uh, the budget grew a lot from the first one. And so I was like, how am I going to make this money back? You know? And so, uh, we, we were at the campfire and, uh, just to let people know that there's, we're constantly working out kinks with our production, how we do things, how we operate our chemistry. There's a lot of things that we overlook that we didn't think about in the moment. For instance, when you see me uh, looking at the trackways that we discovered, you'll also see me putting my boot in the trackway, <laughs> walking in it. And I, every time I see him, like, are you an idiot? Like, are you an idiot? <laughs> like, do you not want to make casts? moron like what are you doing you know but it's just, you, you don't you're, like in the moment you're just like i like you're like i can't a dog catching his tail you're like what do i do now you know and so yeah. i was like taken back uh but uh so we're sitting that first night we're sitting around a campfire and we're just kind of talking about the day and wow this is really cool and whatever whatever and then it hits me oh i forgot i brought game trail cams we should set those up and like <laughs> Party is just like, and eh, we could probably set it up tomorrow. But then you're like, well, that's a whole day wasted then, a whole night wasted. You never know what right. we're going to find. And so uh, Ward and I decided to walk off into the dark to look for a tree to hang a camera on. And uh, we were, we're walking down and he doesn't have his camera. He didn't bring his camera. He's, he's the cameraman. Like, so he has the, a black magic camera. Very good. Uh, I only hire people that do black magic cameras because we're paranormal. Uh, no, it's actually a, it's a, it's a brand. Um, but, uh, he, he didn't bring it because it's not good in low light. And so mm -hmm. there's really no point in bringing it. But Ward is also one of the most security minded people, probably the most security minded per person we have on the team. Uh, Joel, like if there's just an inkling of a portal, he's jumping in it. Like, he's like, <laughs> I want to go. And I'm like, your kids are grown, bro. You go like, you know, like I want to go, but I also, I got these kids. I got to raise sure. still. So uh, Ward is very cautious. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, Ward, come on, let's go. So we go and we're walking. We walk down this hill pathway and over the bridge and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. <laughs> and uh, we go past the trail that we found the tracks on. And we're like, okay, this might be a good spot to set up a, a camera. Let's set it up here uh, overlooking the, that area to see if whatever made it comes back. And so we go over this creek and we... Uh, find a tree that seems perfect. It's like a dead tree and uh, it's facing that. So we like, that's perfect. So I walk over to it and in the first film, Expedition Dogman, uh, I'm taking down a game trail cam and I'm by myself. And so before I start climbing this tree to take it down, 
I turn from my left to right, scanning behind me to make sure there's nothing there. It's broad daylight, and I actually saw something. I don't know what it was. Uh, you'll have to watch the film to find out. No, I really don't know what it. I don't, I don't know what it was. It was large and it had like a conical head. It was like ash gray, uh, but it was a split second. And it was Oof. gone. So I don't know what it was. I know they say they move fast. I don't. I don't think I was imagining it. But when Joel went over to investigate it, he like it, what I saw this walking behind a down tree. When Joel did the exact same thing, he disappeared. And Joel's six two. So this thing was huge. Uh, oh and we didn't, I didn't hear anything. Um, but anyways, so with this situation in the camera, I did the same thing. I scanned from left to right behind me. And as I started turning around, I'm fully expecting Ward to be standing right behind me, my security guy. And he's not. He's like 20, feet, 20, 30 feet away from me with his back towards me, his hands in his hood, front hoodie pockets, his head completely down, looking down at his ankles. And I'm like, Ward? You know, I'm like, I'm like, but buddy, buddy, you okay? And uh, I, I was like, shoot, man, like he's just got like possessed or something. And he's like the spiritual leader of all of us. Like if he's susceptible, we're all susceptible. We're all going to die. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking over and I'm like, okay. I look down where he's looking and I see a skull. And that's all I see. I only see a skull and uh, like a cow skull. And I'm like, is that what I think it is? And he goes, yep. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm thinking, we'll, we'll take this thing up. We'll carry it to the campsite, come up behind the bushes and scare the guys or whatever. Uh, As one does. Yeah, you know, we're, we're, <clears throat> we're a bunch of grown men living out childhood dreams hundreds of miles away from our wives. What do you think is going to happen? You know, you're walking so, footprints. You're going to. Yeah, we're going to do crazy <laughs> stuff and things that our wives wouldn't approve of, like car chases. Uh, so, I, should, I should clarify <clears throat> right here. They weren't chased. They were the chasers. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, we, haven't, we haven't said that yet. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, we're, we're, we're stupid. When the uh, wife is away, you know. Yeah. but um, Have a car chase. Just a little bit. Just a little one. Just, just a little, little one. Car chase. I, since then, I actually traded he, that he car. He kept in. it under 100, I think, right? You said yeah, you were in like 90. Like, so that's not, that's barely, you know, <laughs> barely a car chase. I, I, I got, ne- next time I, I, I'm in that situation, I got two vehicles now and they both have turbos. So we're going, baby. There we're you go. Going. Uh, so I walk Next over he's gonna pit maneuver somebody. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I walk over to the, uh, and just so the audience knows too, I have this stupid camera and the focus keeps going in and I'm sorry. And if you're listening to this on podcast, you have no idea what I'm talking about. You're saying, get to the story. So I'm going to get to the story. Uh, so we had, uh, I walked over after I hung the camera and I see what he's actually looking at, which is the ritual circle you showed on camera. And, uh, it, I'm like, this is this is wild, you know? And so he takes his phone out and he's taking pictures of it, which is what you have. And uh, we go up and we show the guys. And we're like, you, like I'm thinking to myself, trailer moved, UFO on video, trackway, ritual circle. I'm being punked. Like, I'm being punked. <laughs> like, like, somebody's clowning me right now. And um, we go up there and I, I walk up to the guys and I'm like, guys, we got a story for you. And we start telling him what happened. And as we're talking about this, Christian, I believe it was Christian, was just like, look, a light on the Mesa. And we're like, huh? Mm-hmm. And we turn and we look, and there's this huge light shining up in the sky. So like, uh, first of all, this light, 
the same thing happened on the actual TV show Skinwalker Ranch. They documented it as well. I don't know if it was the same night or if it's a common thing for them. But um, this this light... So, you know, the only way I can describe this is when like car dealerships have a big sale back in the day, I don't know if they still do it, and they have this big spotlight that they shine in the Mm -hmm. sky and it goes around a circle, kind of like the Batman spotlight, that kind of thing. It was it was like that, only it wasn't moving, and it was shooting up in the sky like a white light, but it was so wide. Uh, we were probably at least two miles away from it. And from our vantage point of being able to see it, it had to be at least 50 to 100 feet wide, if not more. It was Jeez. a very large light source coming from the ground going into the sky. And um, we we caught that on on camera as well. And right when that happened, the, the sky just starts lighting up. I'm talking UFOs galore. In fact, in the trailer, there's a UFO that nobody even knows exists. They don't know because they don't ever catch it. Uh, when when they were making the trailer, they didn't know it was in there. I'm the one who caught it because I'm a, I'm a professional. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and I, I but no. It, what's interesting is it turns out you can't see the UFO on all screens. You can see it on my iPhone, but if you're on an Android, you can't see it. At least the Android that Ward has. Like Ward sent the video over to us. I'm like, dude, you see that UFO? He's like, no. And I told him where it was. And he's like, I can't see it. Uh, but when you see me in the trailer on the night vision, like doing an action vlog, I'm holding the camera up and I'm talking to it. Yeah. Uh, right before that scene, you see just the night vision of us shooting like bushes and stuff before I pop in frame. There's actually a light that shoots from the ground to the sky, like an orb. Uh, I don't know how far away <laughs> it was, but it shoots vertical straight up really fast. Uh, and so it's on the more left side of the frame. So people can check that out. Um, it's on the trailer for the YouTube channel. Just hit play a lot until you see it. Just keep hitting play, 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 play. Get the view count up. Uh, so. <laughs> we see what you're so doing. So re- really yeah. quick, how much how much did Apple pay you for the sponsorship? Like, <laughs> yeah. you, can see, you can see if you buy an Apple, guys, you can yeah. see UFOs. No, it reminds me, have you seen those? Like, I think it's. I think they're fake. I haven't looked into this. But there's this trend going around where people are taking um, old Blackberries and they're watching their computer screen with a Blackberry and it's showing... The Mandela effect, like, is in like, if you're watching on the BlackBerry, you can see the thing that you remembered from your childhood, like the the Berenstein Bears or whichever way it's was said. But if you're looking at it on a normal screen, it's not there. So they're doing yeah. this with like uh, all kinds of. I, I think they're fake, but I've I've never it has to be. It. It, it has it, to be that or sorcery, and one of the right, two. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Uh, I gotta check that out, and I gotta get a BlackBerry. Cause I, gotta, I, I, <laughs> I know after I seen that, I'm like, it's probably fake, but now I'm like Googling, uh, you know, eBaying for a Blackberry. Yeah, you, you, that's Blackberry. exactly what it is. <laughs> Somebody found a warehouse full of Blackberries and like, how can we sell these things? Oh that's what God. it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have, I have a question. One eBay store with just tons of overpriced Blackberries. <laughs> now they are. <laughs> yeah. You took so many stupid risks, like so many like things really? that you, well, so many things you wouldn't do in, in a horror movie. Like so many moments where you're like, don't, don't do that. Why would you, why would you walk into the dark? Why would you, you know, not yeah. like stupid, but like, no, stupid. Know. Yeah. It makes sense. But, but you didn't poke the circle with a stick. And I, <laughs> this I is need, Abby's one contention. <laughs> I need to know why she's like four out of five stars. He didn't poke the circle with a stick. <laughs> it's a great film. Other than that. I know. You took it's every it's other difficult. chance, right? You took every other possible risk. The typical, the typical review, one star, great film, but one star because he didn't poke the circle with a stick. Yeah, that was me. That was my review. He didn't, he didn't poke it with a stick and say, come on, buddy, get up. 
no, I honestly, it's because you thought of it and not me. I didn't think of it. Uh, actually, you know, I, I should tell you this too. Um, we did discuss the idea of moving this, the bones around and touching mm -hmm. it. But uh, I think it was probably Ward that was like, eh, it's probably not a good idea. And so whenever Ward says something, we tend to listen because Ward is in the moment much more uh, responsible and conscious of what's going on in the spiritual realm yeah. uh, than us. Um, Joel, Joel and I are cut from the same cloth. The only edge he has that I don't is the fact that the kids are grown. So like he's literally like, I got nothing else to do. So, <laughs> uh, and, and I'm that way too. Only the kids is what keeps me at bay. Um, because I've been, I've been married for 16 years and 10 of those years was with that, without kids. And uh, I can tell you safely that when it was just me and my wife, I did a lot of stupid stuff. It wasn't until the kids came along that it changed everything. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's a good question. I mean, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have poked it with a stick, but I definitely, we talked about moving stuff and touching it, yeah. but uh, it was advised not to do so, uh, which is fine, you know, but uh yeah, that, that night was pretty wild. That was a pretty wild night. And uh, we, we just figured, you know, if that's, if that's what the first night holds for us, then we're, we're definitely going to kill a dog man and a Bigfoot and probably and a Bigfoot. get abducted as well. Drag him home. Like, like I, we were totally like, I was going to leave my brother in Utah just to make space in the Forerunner. I'm just like, whatever it takes, <laughs> you know? Uh, I think I think it is wild and like worth noting that of all the things that felt right, of all the like risks that you took that felt right, like giving chase to the car and setting up trail cams in the dark, that's the one where it's like, maybe, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't mm. touch the witchy circle. Yeah, probably not. It makes me think of do you ever see Cabin in the Woods? There's like that whole scene, right, where they're, they're, they're in this cabin and everybody's taking bets on which like dark magic thing they're going to disturb and that's going to be the thing that kills them. <laughs> so like people are all taking bets and it's like, are they going to, you know, read from the book of spells or are they going to, is the this girl going to put on the dress of the dead woman and it's going to bring up her ghost, like all these different things. And yeah. I'm just like the witchy circles, like, are they going to, are they going to disturb the witchy circle? You know, are they going to get abducted? Like it's, it's one or the you, other. Like, okay, so... We're planning on this next film. There, there might be more funny parts of our documentary. Uh, it's outside my comfort zone, to be honest with you, but I think it's it's worth trying and just seeing how the audience reacts to some of the things we're planning. <laughs> uh, but uh, because we we all agree that this this community of uh, people that do the paranormal and the research stuff, like sometimes, and when I say sometimes, most times it's too serious. Like people need to chill and relax a little bit and smile and laugh and enjoy life a little bit more than what they are. They take it a little too serious at times. And so <laughs> we're like, well, how can we, you know, maybe have a little bit of fun here. Uh, and to be honest with you, I think that would have been, I would have laughed my butt off if somebody just randomly just ran into the circle kicking the sticks or the sticks and bones around all over the place and just like no black black magic no and they just start kicking it around just i, I think that would be like there'd be there'd probably been a ton of comments of like how stupid can you be you're going to be followed home and this that and the other uh and then cut to the next morning he's sitting at the campfire covered in like boils like he's got the black flag or something it's like told you not to touch the witchy circle yeah 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 uh i uh i think that would be funny but so th this next film, we're going to do something fun. Uh, we're thinking about, we're considering it because we're going to be in the woods 
on Halloween night. We're going to be in the LBL on Halloween night. And I think it's supposed to be a full moon. I don't remember. Last time I checked, I can't remember. But uh, if it's a full moon in the LBL on Halloween night, we should probably have some fun. So uh, and silver bullets, yeah, both yeah. of those things for sure. <laughs> I gotta get some silver bullets, man. I gotta figure out where I can get some silver bullets right, right quick, quick. You know, what I mean, just uh, I don't know. I like it's. I went to uh, the, I went to the um, the the shop today, the gun shop, and I got a, a ten millimeter, and uh, they were they were low on ten millimeters. The ammo is expensive. I can only imagine what a silver bullet would cost me. But shoot, it's worth it. Put that thing in the chamber, baby. So <laughs> you'd do that in a heartbeat. Um, so I want to ask you, if you don't mind, about the or did you? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You had something to go with that. No, I was just gonna say I was just gonna start talking about guns. So you're steering me back. That's, that's what to do. <laughs> Look, I could talk about guns all day. I'm just trying to keep us on track a little. I bit. love guns. I do. Anyway. do. We should we should just yeah we should just broad about guns after the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, for people who are watching or if you're listening, uh, we do a part at the end of the show where we just talk with the audience. So if you guys want to get in any questions for Tony, uh, get in any rumble rants, anything like that, people are gonna send in memes. We'll we'll look at those at the end. Um, but let us know what let's let us know some gun questions for Tony because we can, we can totally talk about guns. But I wanted to ask you because this is like for Abby it was the witchy circle. But for me, it was the part uh, after this. I can't remember the name of the guy, but there was the guy that does all the, the seismograph stuff where he looks into the ground. James Keenan. James Keenan. That's right. And this seems to come up on the Skinwalker Ranch TV show. And this comes up in, in your documentary and I'm sure other places. But that there is a moving magnetic anomaly under the ground in the, I'm going to say it wrong again. You need a basin. I'm saying it wrong. I'm sure. You into you into You into basin. Um, and I remember at the watch party afterwards, I'd asked you guys that question and I don't think anybody really knew, but I just want to discuss it for a minute. Like, what do you, do you have theories on like what this is, why there's some moving kind of magnetic anomaly that everybody's detecting underneath the ground? No, because there seemed to be a lot of stuff about the ground with like the, the oil drilling is disturbing things and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I, I really, I mean, that's above my intellectual yeah comprehension i i was literally standing there james keenan is talking to me about all his research and i'm just like mm, mm. <laughs> and i'm just like me too in the documentary i was like this is good science yeah I, i'm just like this is gonna be great for the film but mm. so i had my sunglasses on to make sure nobody could see my eyes because i was going cross-eyed like i was just like what you know i didn't understand what he was saying but uh anyways I don't have any um, logical understanding. I can tell you that in the TV show, he was on the TV show as well. Right. And yeah. he said on the TV show that there is actually a line of magnetic anomalies, a straight line uh, going right through Skinwalker Ranch and right at a spot where they had magne magnetic anomalies. And when I saw that, I shot him a text because, you know, we're on a text by text basis these days. <laughs> and, uh, I, I asked him about about that line and if that line went into Space Wolf Research and he said it went exactly to where that trailer was moved. <sighs> and so whatever this magnetic anomaly is, it's a straight line and the action follows. Uh, I don't know what it is. I do not think it's an underground <laughs> military base generating some kind of uh, magnetic force. Not to say that there's not a base there or in the area because there probably is. But uh, I don't think it's what is causing that. Uh, 
but what it is, I have no idea. That that that. So I'm sure this happens at, on Skinwalker Ranch. I can tell you safely that next door, Space Wolf Research, where we were, the ground opens up randomly, and uh, it happened after we left. The ground opened up. Yeah, of course. <laughs> And it was like maybe like one or two feet of a of a crack in the ground, and it just goes straight down. And Ryan was able to lower a camera about fifty feet down into the crack, and then uh, the camera just starts wigging out and and just glitching and stuff. Probably the magnetic crap that's going on there. And uh, it was like that. It's like that all day long. And then the next day, the ground closed up. And so, like, that's normal. That, yeah. that kind of stuff just happens. So, if it's you like got dead bodies to hide, put them in the hole, and yeah. the evidence is gone. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the the ground is 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 really interesting. It, it's it's really just the the trifecta of uh, there's stuff going on above you, on the ground, and below you. It's the trifecta, mm-hmm. and uh, and I don't know, I don't know why, I don't know what. All I know is it's weird. It's weird, and and we did our best to document it, and I think we did a decent job. Uh, there's there's always things that you look back and you're like, mm, should have done that better. Uh, but overall, I think it went pretty well. And uh, as I, we as we go through this stuff, we're going to get better as we get more familiar with working with each other for sure. I was going to say I like that your approach was different than what everybody else does because what everybody else seems to do is they go out there with uh, like a volt a voltimeter or some type of Magne- you know, uh, electronic device just looking around and going, oh, look, the, the needles are going crazy. And you see like two hours of the needles going crazy. And it's like, it doesn't seem like there is any answers. Everybody's really trying to explain everything in a really scientific way. And I feel like as I watch a lot of these people who are going at it from a purely scientific standard, I'm left frustrated because they're leaving out all of the actual interesting stuff. And they're leaving a lot of things off the table that I think are, are as or more plausible than just this is some purely uh, magnetic anomaly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys spent time talking to to the people in the area, and you spent time like uh, on the ground considering other possibilities, looking at footprints and stuff like that. I do, I do have a theory though. I was, I don't know if we want to talk about it. We're going to let go of the magnetic thing, but in the documentary, you guys talked a little bit about you know talking to the locals. Their their theory on this seemed to be along the lines of that this is a uh, you know, it's the, it's the old one. It's the ancient Indian burial, burial ground thing, right? And that uh, there are oil wells out there. They're kind of disturbing the ground. And as we see in all of these places, again, on the, on the Skinwalker Ranch TV show, the whole thing is don't dig, right? Like it seems like everybody in this area is like, do not disturb this ground for some reason. Uh, and it just seems to me like anytime we get into the supernatural and we are talking about whether, whether it be ghosts or aliens or Bigfoot or whatever, it messes with magnet the whole magnetic field mm-hmm. and i just wonder like it, it it doesn't seem crazy to me that those things are connected if there's some type of spiritual hotbed underneath the ground that disturbing it would in fact cause a magnetic anomaly the, they're not two totally separate things it's not like right. just a military base or some people have posited that it's a underground moving river that's causing magnetism but i i think that they're related i think the whole spiritual aspect whether it's in the sky or beneath the ground is the same thing as a magnetic magnetic anomaly. Yeah. I mean, it, it could even be connected to the whole portal thinning of the veil situation, yeah. you know? Uh, there, there's been portals filmed out there. Ryan has one on camera from his CCTV cam that he had on the property. Um, so, I mean, 
if we know that there's portals and things coming through portals, like there certainly could be magnetic things tied to that. Um, one of the things that we're we're doing on this next film uh, that we're going to—I <laughs> shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. Um, <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. We're going we're gonna to try opening a portal. Uh, Tony, I know, I know, but we can't help it. Um, <laughs> it's already done. So, <laughs> wouldn't poke it with a stick, but he's going to open a goddamn portal. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna open that portal and see what happens. So, uh, we got a guy who believes he invented a device that can open portals. He invented the portal gun. Pretty much. Uh, it, it has to do with with sound waves and there's different variations of it. The one we're going to be using uh, because it's such short notice that he's building is um, going to be charged by batteries. But um, yeah, yeah, that's as far as I'm going to say, I guess. But there's, there's a real scientific... Uh, method to opening portals, apparently, possibly. It's all theory right now, but uh, he told Bookstore. us to make make sure we wear ear protection. Bookstore Thor says, open the portal and poke it with a stick. Perfect. <laughs> Gotta do both. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> okay, what, to you, what is the difference between summoning a spirit and opening a portal? What makes one good and the other bad? Uh, God didn't tell me anything about portals in the Bible. <laughs> he didn't tell me not to. So didn't not Asking for forgiveness instead of permission. The most <laughs> man answer I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I um, you know, th- this is a, a device that he created and it's all through scientific means, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not summoning things. We're not praying to it. We're not asking for anything to come through, even though if it did, we we're going to shoot it with the 10 millimeter I just bought. Uh, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, it's it scientifically, he worked this out, this device, this device, and mix it all together and voila, a goose. And, you know, we're going to see, uh, that's if a Jim Carrey. I got the reference. Okay, I'm so glad that somebody out here is giving references that I get. Cause I give movie references on every episode and Abby's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> liar, liar. Love that movie. Yeah. Most, most, uh, movie references I don't get, but the old ones I do. If anything like 2005 and newer, I'm pretty much shot on. Cause yeah, same. I, I anyways, um, yeah. So it's, Abby, to answer your, your question, uh, what we're, what we're getting involved in with this thing is very, uh, scientific. Uh, and if these sound waves and everything works the way he believes it works, uh, we could possibly have some interesting things happen. Uh, he's tested it and the people that were around got sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what that means. Is this like, are you talking like Havana syndrome type sick or, or what are we talking about? Nauseous, like they wanted to throw yeah. up. Uh, okay. And did it smell like sulfur? That's the big question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't done it yet. I don't know. But uh, be it, careful like, with the radiation potential. I, I'm bringing a Geiger counter. Okay, not that I know how to read it, but if it reads more than zero, <laughs> I'll be concerned. Uh, <laughs> but like, so th- there's um, there there's. A very well-known doctor, I'm not going to name the person because I, I don't think they want me to share this part of their, their studies, uh, but they told me that, because, okay, so there's this Bigfoot burial site that supposedly I know where it's at, and one of these days I'm going to go up there and 
possibly dig up a Bigfoot uh, skeleton. As one does. Yeah. And so when I was talking to the doctor about this whole thing, uh, I, I mentioned it in text to them and, and immediately they're like, call me right now. I'm like, mm, okay. So I call and they're like, where are you at? I'm like, at home. And like, Did you go yet? No, I didn't go. Okay, good. I'm like, whew, what? <laughs> you know? And uh, it turns out that some, some Bigfoot burial mounds apparently uh, have a lot of radiation. And uh, so much so that there's that they know of, I think they said two or three people who were involved in a dig and only to die months later from cancer or whatever. And holy shit, not all of them though. Apparently, and this doctor apparently has dug up, dug up Bigfoot like crazy. Where's the bones? Where's the proof, doc? Still waiting. But uh, so wait no. for you to die of cancer? No, I just <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> for the bones. For you to prove, so like, you know, but, uh, <clears throat> they, they said that um, not all though, and they were speculating <clears throat> that depending on where the Bigfoot came from, whether it's this realm or another, as to what the radiation level oh, is in the body, and that so would make a lot of sense when you were talking about the portal thing and the and the radiation. Uh, that's why we're bringing a Geiger counter because if things are coming through and they're high in radiation, it might be the Geiger counter might actually be the thing that tells us that there's something in the area mm-hmm. because we may not be able to see what comes through. Uh, and so, yeah, there's, there's, there's the Geiger counter and we're, we're bringing out some kind of meter thing. Just, I know PJ, you, you knocked the meter thing, but we're going to bring the meter thing out just because I wasn't knocking the meter thing. Uh, I, was appreciating, method, okay? I was appreciating you taking a different approach to, to Skinwalker Ranch. Well, now I'm just going to conform. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, it, it, I don't even know what the meter thing does. Uh, Ward, Ward brought it to, to our attention. He's like, I think this would be good for this, that, and the other. I'm like, okay, Ward, cool. And we, we got it and it's coming. So um, anyways, uh yeah portals lots of fun lots of fun anywhere you find them they're fun i hope you it works and you don't die (laughs) that's all i have to say about that yeah yeah those are two really good things i hope they both happen you know yeah they they both happen (laughs) yeah uh i i just um i don't think i'm gonna die i don't think that i'm meant to die doing this stuff i could be wrong but i just don't think that that's my my uh my timeline. We're you gonna know? clip this and play it at your funeral. <laughs> That's fine. Actually, I, I would appreciate that. Actually, let let the world know, like I that, that I I completely didn't call my own death. <laughs> uh, oh man. Yeah, but you know, I I just feel very confident that nothing bad's gonna happen to me. I think that there's not. I don't think it was an accident that my team is all Christians and we all feel called to do this. And we all came yeah. together in a very mysterious way in a sense that it's not like um, we all met each other to do this. Uh, we kind of stumbled into this together. I was the common denominator, but mm-hmm. it, it just, um, I don't know. It, it, I, I just don't think that's in, in my cards, maybe Joel's cards, because he's the portal hopper, uh, but not mine. I think that I need to live to tell the world about it. And our, yeah. our really, on a, in a, in a, on a serious note, if you can take it seriously, uh, everything I'm talking about, because I don't know if your audience is buying in, into what we're talking about, <laughs> but um, we all believe that we are meant to do this, uh, yeah. to show the world that the supernatural realm is real and exists. Uh, we believe that 
we were at one point much more spiritual creatures than we were physical. Uh, my personal running theory of former trucker, trucker turned podcaster is um, that when before the fall of man, we li- people are looking for the Garden of Eden. I don't think you're ever going to find the Garden of Eden because I think the Garden of Eden is in another realm. I think that when when sin happened, we were actually removed, not from the physical realm because we're here, but part of our existence, the spiritual existence, we were removed from that and we had to live more physical. I think that's why the punishment was very physical. Uh, And in that process of from then till now, uh, we do not view the supernatural as something serious. Uh, Even people who are Christians who go to church, they they say they believe the Bible, but when you get into the weird stuff in the Old Testament, they're like, that seems like Marvel. I don't think that's, well, I can't say that's not real, but we're just going to skip that. And uh, we're just, we're, we're not like that. So we, we believe that this stuff is real and we believe it's going to happen more as time goes on. We believe that we're in the beginning stages of a, of a very real, strong ramping up of the spiritual realm, spilling over into this realm. Uh, the negative, but also the good part. We believe mm-hmm. that um, as much negative that you're going to see spilling over, we also believe that God's not going to be uh, outdone and that mm-hmm. he's going to flex immensely. And uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, but we just feel like God, God's kind of put us here for a reason is to expose the darkness for what it is. Um, and so that's what we're doing. And we don't really have like a mission statement. We don't really... We go out there and we're like, what's next, guys? Mm-hmm. Let's go see what happens. Uh, and one thing I think we're probably going to do more of on the film part of it is we'll probably, we'll probably show people at least some point, like flash it of us praying because we saw, I saw commentary on the last two where people were like, you know, you don't pray, you don't, uh, and it's like, you don't know what we're doing. It's just, we didn't put it in the film. So I think we're going to put that in the film. So people see, see that. And it saves the comments of you don't pray before you do this sucker. I have a couple <laughs> verses I want to read. Cause I think we all are on board with this idea. Our whole audience and everyone on screen is on, on board with this idea that like, we've been seeing more and more dark things, dark spiritual things. And you're right. We don't think about how much we're going to see the, the light stuff too. Um, but from Acts 2, and in Acts 2 is quoting from Joel. So this is twice in the Bible. Um, in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for the blood yeah. and the fire and the smoke. I, 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 um, so they talk about the last days and how it'll be like Noah's time. Yeah. And, uh, and, and what does that look like? And a lot of times that's brought up when you're talking about the Nephilim idea of things, uh, which I believe is accurate. Mm hmm. Which in itself, I mean, if you it, let's let's just say if there's the return of the Nephilim, like uh, we might need a bigger gun, you know, <laughs> we might. Like, yeah, the 10 millimeter might just be the start, just the start, like yeah. uh, 50 cal, you know, on every house roof, you know, somebody manning 
but it's interesting you bring this up because there's something that supernaturally happened all over this country, at least this country, uh, this past Sunday. Um, there, there, my pastor was part of this, and we didn't know it. So my pastor preached on Sunday, and part of his sermon was on a specific thing that I then found out that uh, Pastor Mark Driscoll made an entire sermon about it. And then I, when I told my pastor, he said that two of his other pastor friends in other states uh, also preached on this. And it seems like there have been, and they all felt like God told them to talk about it. Uh, it was like given to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Driscoll is the one that went the most in-depth on it. But um, it, in Genesis 6, we were talking about the Nephilim, return mm-hmm. of the Nephilim. Uh, it talks, I think it's in Genesis 6, 11, if I remember correctly. Let me just pull it up here. Yeah, it, 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 really quick while you're looking that up. It's so crazy that you bring this up because I listened to that Mark Driscoll sermon. I Did sent you? it to Abby. And then the next day I sent it to my dad and my dad, without having listened to it yet, he listened to a different pastor give the exact same message. And he was telling me about that message. Yep. And I was like, that's wild. So the fact that you're bringing it up, like the synchronicity of this is crazy because I didn't know this was like a lot of people on the same day saying, talking about Genesis 6-11. Yeah, and, and I, I was having a hard time finding like, wait, what happened? Is this like Mandela effect? No, I was on Genesis 11, not 6. So there we go, <laughs> Genesis 6. Dyslexia, you know. All right, yeah, very much so. Or stupid, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so in, in verse 11, it says the earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. So like we're talking about the time of Noah, the days mm-hmm. of Noah. And Jesus said that it's going to be like the days of Noah but when he returns. Uh, so uh, in verse 11 here, it says the earth was also corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth and indeed it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth uh, in verse uh, 13, it says, And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Uh, mm-hmm. So in Hebrew, the word, you guys were not going this, but I'll just say for your audience. Um, in Hebrew, the word violence is Hamas. Yeah. And oh. <laughs> it's like, so when you read it this way, the earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with Hamas. And then in 13, uh, the end of all flesh has come before me for the earth is filled with Hamas. And Driscoll even said that the word filled when you're, when you're understanding the actual word that's written in Hebrew there. Yeah. Filled, but it's meaning possessed like that. Like, Hmm. so so when you're talking about like Hebrew writing, it's much more in depth than, than English. Like we're, mm-hmm. we say one word and that one word means that one thing. And in Hebrew, it's like, here's one word and it has many different meanings in the deeper, like it, 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 it's all about context and it has so much more depth to it. Yeah. Cause so, the word can mean all these things at once, which is why right. it's so incredible. Yeah. We've yeah. talked about this before. Abby explained this as reading the Bible in English is like reading it in black and white. Mm. And when you really understand the Hebrew, you get like a deeper, fuller Full context color. to every word. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, so basically, for the earth is possessed with Hamas through them. And uh, Driscoll talked about how Hamas is a spirit. It's, it, it's a demonic spirit. And mm-hmm. uh, this group named themselves after a demon. 
And uh, I, I just found that very interesting uh, mm-hmm. and, and a sign of the supernatural returning and uh, overflowing into this realm. That is what I'm talking about. It doesn't have to be, you know, a, a giant dog man walking down Times Square, you know, which would be awesome. Uh, but <laughs> I'd be like, suckers, I told you. <laughs> but uh, I mean, th- this is what that looks like, you know, like that's what it looks like. It, 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 yeah. This is the supernatural realm spilling over into this realm mm-hmm. in real time. And so I think what happened this past Sunday with all those pastors preaching about it, I think it was definitely something to pay attention to. And it also should really um, put in perspective for anybody who's a, 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 a Bible person and, and, and Christian should really put in perspective as to where we're at in the timeline, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, and, and start acting accordingly and appropriately because uh, woo wee time to pay the pipers coming soon. Yes. So I dig it. I'll anyway, right I'm, back gentlemen. I have, <laughs> I have a film that I just dropped <laughs> no, no, yeah, we'll get, we'll talk about the film, but dude, yeah, it was. Uh, I was so glad that you said that, man, because that whole idea has been in my head this whole week. Is just all of this stuff, and the one thing I've been saying to people is like, I've never felt more convicted and more convinced than I have in the last few weeks. That like, you know, everybody wants to speculate. We had a few weeks ago we did an episode. Is is the world going to end? Is the rapture going to happen on September twenty third? Was a thing, and then it was October fourth, and I'm like. Dude, it doesn't matter. What we're seeing is we're seeing the fulfillment of end time biblical prophecy. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be today. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. It could be 10 years from now. But the fact that we're seeing things from the Bible happening in real time should convict you to live like it's tomorrow and, and, and stop worrying about like, is it tomorrow? Is it this day? Is it that day? And trying to figure that out. It's, it's missing the whole point because that is, in, in my mind, a big waste of, of time. You know, like just trying to like, you're not going to know the day or the hour. So you have to just live every day. And and I like what you're doing, man. I think you're exactly right. We're seeing an outpouring of the spirit and it's not just coming in in one. It, it, we're, what we're seeing or what we focus on, what people tend to focus on in the conspiracy realm and the supernatural and paranormal realm is the evil stuff. Yeah. And I don't think people take enough time to look at the good. We're always trying to not black pill people in that way where it's like in the end we win is kind of the thing that we go. So we look at the darkness and we don't just go, well, I hope you're hopeless and, and bereft and feeling yeah. lost at the end of our episodes. We actually have a solution for that feeling. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? uh, but you did. You dropped a film. It's at theshapeofshadows.com. I wanted to get back. I, I, yeah, I, I, just, uh, I, I, uh, I go all over the place, man. The best way to get it, it to be honest yeah. with you, is uh, Merkle.media because okay. I have, it, I have uh, theshapeofshadows.com. Uh, to read when you hit stream now, it redirects to the website uh, Merkle dot media. Um, we're we're we decided to start training our viewers to go to Merkle Media for our films. Uh, it's good. It's going to be eventually on Amazon. There goes my camera again. Uh, it's eventually going to go be uh, available on Amazon and Tubi, Apple, and all that stuff. But uh, what we want to do is train people to. Go to Merkle.media for the films because once the films get large enough, I think what we're going to wind up doing is something kind of like the Daily Wire where um, we do subscription base. And nice. you know, you just do a subscription and you get access to all the stuff we have, which will be a lot. Like films, movies, podcasts, uh, children's cartoons, hopefully soon. Because nice. I really, 
I really want my kids to think I do something cool for once. Like, <laughs> my kid, he, my kid's gonna be six in December. My daughter, she's gonna be, uh, th- she just turned three, and they are just so unimpressed by me. Probably like most of your audience. And so, like I, I, uh, I, 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 they hear me on the radio, all this stuff, and they don't, they don't flinch at it. And I'm like, man, I wish my kids understood like how they cool this is, you know? Like, <laughs> like how cool, cool. That's why you need that toy line. You need that toy line, man. I know. That's what I'm saying, man. Like I, the one time I, I had something on, I was like on somebody's show and it popped up on YouTube. And so I hit play on it just to see how it turned out. And uh, my son was in the back seat and he's not saying anything. And it's the person just talking on the screen and I'm not there. And then I pop up on the screen and they introduce me and he goes, whoa, that's you. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, man, that's me. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's going to love this. He's like, oh, okay. And I was just like, whatever, dad. Okay. You know, all right, son. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I just got distracted here. One of your commenters said, I remember when Lindsay was pregnant with their daughter. Wow. Wow. Aww. Look at that. Uh, that's, that's a listener of mine. Look at that. That's awesome. I did. Uh, anyways, I, what was he talking about? <laughs> I saw my wife's name and I got distracted. I was just, I don't know how you turn on this chat. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so anyways, I'm hoping that I can create something that my kids like one day. Uh, So cartoons would be great. Knowing my luck though, I'll come out with a cartoon that's really cool. Kids love it. My kids will be like, 20 and they're like yeah we don't watch cartoons anymore dad i'm like yeah for you yeah Yeah, this this one's not for you but your kids will love it yeah that's what you gotta say have we talked about the car chase at all yeah can we talk about the car chase we gotta talk about that before we end this episode so what happened man so uh we were driving back from i believe it was walmart and we uh that's how all car chases start. I'm saying the Walmart <laughs> people followed us, bro. Yeah. Like they, it just got crazy. Once you got the Walmart involved in the story, it gets crazy. You thought you saw weird stuff with UFOs and yeah. skinwalkers, and, but then you saw people of Walmart.com and you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm saying, I was like, you know what would really top off this trip? A Walmart trip. And that's what we, <laughs> that's what we did. Yep. Uh, but uh, we're driving back and, I pull into the gate of the property and I go past the caretaker's house and I'm going down this hill and it's not a road or a driveway, you know, I'm just, it's like a field and I'm going down this hill. And just as I pass the caretaker's house, Joel in the back seat, he's like, in, in only Joel's way. Okay. Like Joel and me react very different when we're getting hype. Okay. Uh, Joel will get hype, but then he also has a different side of him. I have like one, one mode, you know? So, Joel goes, hey, Tony, uh, can you stop the car for a second? And I'm like, sure, man. And I just stopped the car and he gets out and he's just standing next to the car facing the road. And I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he's peeing on the tire or, <laughs> or what, you know? And he gets back in and I'm like, what's up? And he goes, uh, yeah, there was a, the, we were driving down the road and we passed a, like a little side road and a car pulled out behind us uh, with their lights off. And then they turned their lights on and they followed us all the way back here. And when you stopped or when we pulled in, the car stopped at the end of the driveway and just watched us. And when I got out of the car, it sped off. And he said it like that. And, <laughs> and just total chill. And I'm just like, what? And I was like, should we chase him? 
<laughs> and it was just like, why not? Why so, not? <laughs> so cut to you're driving 90 miles an hour. Yeah. Down the road. <laughs> so uh, we turned around real quick and we sped out the gate and we go down the road and I'm driving this forerunner, which driving out to Utah with this forerunner, I, it was the first time I drove it really because we had just gotten it. Um, and I felt like there was something wrong with it because it just didn't have any like pick me up, you know? Mm. And uh, then when you have five guys in the car and no burgers, man, like I tell you, I was hungry and mad because I could not get that thing moving. Uh, and so we're trying and I was like topping out like, like I probably could have gone faster, but these are dirt roads, nighttime, no street lights. You don't know where the heck you're going. And uh, I was going about 70 and that's as fast as I felt comfortable with that thing. And this car that we were chasing just smoked us smoked us and he had to be going like 90 miles an hour (laughs) and uh in that process there was two other vehicles that appeared behind us and we're going 70 and they're keeping up right on us and you know i don't know how the the locals drive around there maybe they know the roads and the 70 miles an hour is like going 40 for me uh but it felt like they were chasing me and then at one point, one of the vehicles turned off, but this other one stayed up on us. And so I see this, uh, this vehicle that we were chasing way down the road as a straightaway, and they turned onto this road that was a busy road. You could see traffic going back and forth. We get up to this stop sign, and I felt like my, the, the vehicle's like tires were about to fall off. It was just like, pop, 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 pop. you know, it's just like not working. And this other vehicle that was behind us pulls out from behind us and goes around us. And as it goes around, it was a side-by-side. It wasn't even a a car. It was a side-by-side and they just drove right around us and and left. And so I don't know what was behind us, but the person that stopped and then we chased definitely knew that we were following to the point that they had, they were trying to stay away from us. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we, we turn around and we start making our way back to the camp. On the way back to the camp, we get a phone call from uh, Joseph, the producer, who stayed back at the the campsite that night because, you know, he's doing what producers do, going over receipts and writing notes down and stuff, whatever <laughs> he does. And uh, he said, he said, "Hey, where are you guys at?" And we told him what we, where we were. And he said, "I saw you guys pull in and stop, uh, and then turn around and leave." Now, I didn't, he didn't think much of it. Short, he said, "Shortly after we left." He said another vehicle came down the road and turned into the gate and started coming back towards the camp. And he saw them coming. And as they passed the caretaker house, and it was very clear that they were coming towards the camp, he stood there and flashed his flashlight at him. And as soon as they did that, the car stopped, idled, turned around, and left. And so I don't know what to make make of that whole situation. I think the best thing that I've come up with is that somebody, multiple people were aware we were there. I don't know if they were just curious as to what we were doing, but when we decided to turn around and follow that vehicle, I think that person got on the phone and said, Hey, they're following me. You might want to get over to their camp and check some things out. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking that that's probably what was going on. They decided to go over and maybe, I don't know, destroy the place, steal our computers, our hard drives or something like that. Uh, but fortunately, Joseph stayed behind that night and saved it. Cause I mean, it would be kind of cool in the sense of like, 
we get back and everything's destroyed. And we're like, what the heck? You know, was it a skinwalker? Well, who was right. it? But uh, it would have, it would have been great Sucked. for cinema, but I would have been really upset, really right. mad. So, but yeah, that was the car chase. It was, it was, it, it was definitely unexpected, <laughs> unexpected for sure. <clears throat> Do you think that it, it was a possible like uh, gang stalking type thing where it's like they wanted to be seen, they wanted to kind of freak you out because? We had had uh, TJ Allard on the show a few months ago, uh, the producer of uh, Skinwalker Ranch TV show, and he said that once he got back home, he would notice vans parking out in front of his driveway mm. all the time, and they made themselves very obvious. Mm. And I asked him if he'd ever heard of gang stalking. He had no idea what it was. And I kind of explained it to him. It's the, you know, it, for people who don't know, it's this idea that the CIA or, or places like that, when they want you to be freaked out, they will m- tail you in very obvious ways and make their presence known to you as in we're watching you. Um, and it's not to do anything other than just to freak people out. Have you ever, have you had like anything at all like that since after this or just that one kind of, I think anybody who's in a three letter agency knows what would happen if they did that. So <laughs> like, I, like, <laughs> I, I moved to Tennessee for a reason, and uh, yeah. there's well, there's a lot of reasons. Keeps a shovel on the front porch. Uh, <laughs> like, in, in Tennessee, it, the the law is very friendly to people defending their property, and if they feel like they're unsafe, mm. and and I I, uh, I don't think anybody, I don't think they're gonna mess with me. I just don't, and not that I'm a cowboy, and I'm, I'm I just I, I just I come from the Philadelphia area where I assume everybody wants to hurt me. And so like, <laughs> like, like, it's, like I, I have lived in Tennessee and people are so nice here. I've calmed down so much, but still I have a pretty long driveway. And whenever I see a car coming down the driveway, I look at my wife like, who's that? Who's that? And she's like, oh, I have uh, this delivery coming or whatever. Or the one time it was the mailman and it, like a, like a personal vehicle. I was like, I was like, I go out there like, Hey man. Where's your uh, white van? You know, like, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, are you really a mailman? You know, uh, I, I the, and the one night, the see, this is where I go. I just go crazy. Uh, but I got to finish the story. Uh, the one night, uh, I heard a thud on my front porch, and so I grabbed my gun and I opened the door, and there's this guy walking up my driveway. I'm like, hey, I, and I was like, I was like what was that? And he's like, Oh, I was just delivering a package. I looked down. I was like, Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I I don't know. Like I I say, I say all that and I I'm probably sorely underestimating the the agencies, but uh, no, I haven't had any gang stalking and uh, I hope I don't have that. I I really don't. um, I don't know how I'd react in those kind of situations. Um, It would, it would be something, I think it'd be torturous to be honest with you. Because mm-hmm. I wouldn't go on my show talking about it, uh, right. because I don't ever want <clears throat> to turn my show into something that is about me, and I don't want to be viewed as somebody losing it, because that's what it's meant to do. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. I would just live in this personal hell, and yeah. that would suck. Um, we had uh, we had a weird thing happen a couple of weeks ago at my house. Uh, it was about eight twenty. 8.30 at night and my wife was putting my son down or my daughter down for bed and I was sitting with my son on the couch and all of a sudden we hear me and Ben heard this bomb, 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 bomb like banging on the house and it sounded like somebody was banging on a window but it wasn't the window right next to me but the volume 
sounded like it should have been right next to me, but you could tell it was somewhere else. And um, I just, I jumped up and of course I grabbed my AR and I go outside and I'm sweeping around the outside of the house and my neighbor comes out on his deck and he goes, hey man. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, hey man, like I heard something was banging on my house. And he goes, I'm deaf, but my wife and kids heard the banging too. And they said, it sounded like it came from your house. I was like, thank you. I'm not going crazy. And he's like, and he's like, do you need help with anything? I was like, no, if you hear shooting, you know, I need help. And so, uh, so I, I was outside for about 15 minutes, nothing, you know? Uh, and so I don't know what that was. I have no idea. Never happened again, but there's still time. Um, and then also, this is this is something that I that I actually went and like went through my house and anointed the house and rebuked and mm -hmm. did all that stuff because um, so it seems like things happen most of the time on a paranormal level around my family when I'm not there and I think there's a real spiritual component there yeah because uh, I am the leader I am uh, I, I it's my domain and when I'm not around I think things have an op more open door than normal I guess. Uh, but I was, I don't remember where I was, but this just happened maybe like two or three weeks ago. It was the afternoon and my wife was putting Gemma down for a nap and my son was in the living room watching cartoons and the living room was right outside my daughter's bedroom. And, um, Lindsay's laying in bed with my daughter and she hears a whisper in Gemma's room and it just goes, mommy. And she thought Ben was behind her. And so she rolled over and she didn't see anything. She didn't see Ben. The door was closed, nothing. And so she rolled back over with Gemma and was like, did I hear that? Was I hearing things? So she takes a nap with Gemma. She wakes up and Gemma wakes up and they walk out into the living room. And as soon as she walks out in the living room, Ben comes running over to her and he's like, mommy, something scary happened while you were in there. She's like, what, do you, what happened? And he's like, I was sitting here watching TV and the TV's on the wall to the hallway where my daughter's bedroom is right there. And he said, in the doorway to that hallway where my daughter's doorway is to her bedroom, he heard a whisper go, Benny, to him. And so something said, mommy to my wife and Benny to my son. Oh. And um, that made me mad. So I went through and I, I, I prayed over the house I rebuked anything that was in the house, mm -hmm. authority. Uh, we haven't had anything happen since then. And if it happens, we'll do it again. Like yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't really, I don't know. It is what it is. Like it's spiritual warfare. Yeah. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like it, this stuff happens to you, whether you like it or not, right. you know, you, and, and when you pick sides, when you pick a team like I have and you're, outright about it, you're going to have a target on your back. And, you know, it's, it just makes sense to me that they would go after my family and not me. So, yeah. um, I said, come fight me like Zach Baggins, you know, <laughs> come fight me. I'm right here. Uh, no, but I, I mean, we have the, I have the most powerful weapon there is. I'm not really sweating it. Like the name of Jesus is so powerful that witches use it. When witches are in a bind, they use the name of Jesus. Mm. 
And that just shows you how powerful it is that even those who don't want Jesus will still use Jesus when they need him. Because and they know they need him. They know it. And so yeah. like when you uh when you look at the Bible, uh I've been talking about this a lot recently with friends and stuff because it's just been revelatory for me. Um when you look at the woman who was sick and she was like, if I could just touch his robe, mm-hmm. I'll be healed. And she just she like like in my head, I picture her, her like pushing through a crowd and like almost like like a like a wide receiver or a running back <laughs> jumping for the goal line, <laughs> you know. And she was like, just nips it, you know, and, 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 and gets she, in on a technicality. Yeah, and she's yeah. healed, and Jesus is like, <clears throat> somebody touch me. me, somebody touch me, and they're like, they're like. Everybody's touching. He's like, no, I felt power leave my body. It's like, whoa, bro. You know, like that, that's dope. Uh, but, you know, so like that happened, right? And mm-hmm. that was her faith in just, the, mm-hmm. in, in Jesus, not what he could do, for, but it just in the essence in of Jesus, yeah. in him, knowing how powerful he is, that she could just touch his robe. And the word from that spread because there's like a chapter or two later, I think it's in Luke, this story. Well, it's in several, but where I was reading it, I think it was in Luke. It said a few chapters later, it just real briefly, it said that uh, many people were just trying to touch his robe to be healed. Mm-hmm. And so it's like like that one situation spread throughout spread. the world, uh, throughout the area. And what what happened there? Like he he literally was like, who touched me? Total like boss move. I felt power leave my body. And then he's and then he's like, hey, you know, you're good, good job. And then the, the other dude comes over. I'm talking like really bonics here, but the other dude comes <laughs> over and he's like, he's like, hey, don't worry about coming to heal my daughter. She's dead. She's dead. And he's like, don't lose faith in me. Take me to your daughter. Like it was very important for the person who needed the healing to not lose faith in Christ, to not yeah. lose faith in him continue believing. That's what he said. Keep believing, keep believing. It was like, that's the key. That's a key here. You got to understand that's a key. She believed this person believed there's power in the name of Jesus. The second commandment of the 10, thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. What does vain mean? To strip away authority, to devalue. Mm. Don't devalue the name of God. Why? Because there's so much power in the name of God. So when you when you start putting these things together, uh, I think that we have the most powerful weapon there is. I'm not worried about it. Like literally the name of Jesus. I got Jesus on my, like it's not even the name of Jesus on my side. I straight up got Jesus on my, I am not worried about any, any of Jesus's foes because I got Jesus on my side. Jesus called me into this. I literally was supernaturally called into this whole thing. The Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit told me I was going to do this. And then I didn't try to do it. He made it happen. That's a whole other story. So like, I'm just saying, like, I'm not worried about this stuff. When they try giving me these little jabs, hey, Lindsay, or hey, mommy, and hey, Benny, get out of my house. In the name of Jesus, get out of my house. It doesn't have to be like super duper, you know, dramatic. It's just claiming authority and domain. God gave me the authority and domain over my household. And I'm going to exercise that in the name of Jesus. End of story. And you'll flee. And that's the way it is. The only times I've had trouble um, claiming authority over a place I was living is when I didn't own it. It's when I was renting a place and there was stuff going on. And I, 
it it didn't have the same staying power as now that I own a house and mm. you know prayed over it, and it's very barely ever had problems here. Maybe you're just actually a Christian now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> but I think uh, that, that, like, when you, when you pray over a place that isn't yours, you don't you don't have the authority over it. Sure. You you still have Jesus on your side, but you don't have authority over the location. Were there other people living in that building? Mm-hmm. That could be another thing right there. They yeah. were bringing in things <clears throat> while you were expelling. It was just a revolving door of nonsense, right. you know. And people don't have to be witches to bring things in. There's, there's the the generational curses. Uh, there's uh, scarring that happens to people. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, there's a lot of demonic um, oppression that happens in people's lives that they just don't even recognize because mm-hmm. they just think it's normal. It's not normal. There's a lot of things that people are dealing with on a daily basis that are demonic. And, and we just, we just learn to live with it because we don't know any better. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's why, you know, me and my crew, we're trying to expose that. We're trying to show the world, this is real. Yes, we're going out here. We're probably going to poke some bears, mm-hmm. but uh, we're trying to do everything. What we're trying to do is take it up to the line without crossing it. If we, right. if any of us feel convicted about something, the rest of us fall in line to that conviction. That's just the yeah. way it is. And even if it's not something that they're convicted by, but I am, they'll fall in line behind me just because I am. They don't want to make me stumble. And it's right. the same thing for them. So like we, we have a game plan going into this stuff. Uh, this new film uh, that we're shooting in two weeks is the one that we're pushing the envelope the most on. Uh, we've never done some of the things that we're going to do, but going into the situation, we don't feel any negative way about it. Uh, if that changes, we'll act accordingly. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I just, um, I guess that's the kind of boldness that I have with this stuff. And it might come across arrogant. It might be arrogant, to be honest with you. I don't know. Uh, I just think that we are living in some serious dark times. And I think that mm. God is actively looking for people to show his might and authority through. Uh, and we are just sitting here saying, send me, you know, yeah. like uh, I'll go. And so that's our mindset. We want God to flex through us. We want to see people healed. Uh, we and, and it's funny because Ward, my cameraman, that he's the one that's like, we kind of theologically, we fall, we, we fall very differently. I'm Pentecostal, he's reformed. Uh, and, and so like, I, I know he, I'm sure he believes that people can be healed, but I don't know if he thinks of it the way I think of it as a Pentecostal. Cause I'm just like, yo, everybody's getting healed today, baby. Yeah. Like, <laughs> everybody's getting healed today. Who wants a healing? You want a healing, you know? Um, but uh, that's the way we view things though. I mean, we view, we all have our different theological perspectives, but we all do believe that uh, we are living in very supernatural times and God is mm-hmm. looking to show what he is capable of doing through people who are actively willing to allow him to do such things. Uh, we, we're, I'm telling you, the next seven years is going to be a wild ride. It is going to be yeah. crazy. And I just, I'm really excited to see what God does in it. Like, we, like you guys said, I mean, we can see all the negative stuff. We can see what's going on in Israel right now. We know we're in World War III right now. Mm-hmm. History's going to label it World War III. Um, but in the midst of that, God is there. 
Mm-hmm. God is there and he is ready to rock. He is ready to rock. Yeah. He's got more power in his He's not pinky. worried about it. Yeah. Oh, he, it's all, it's all, he knows where it's going. Like right. he literally exists outside of time. Nothing's going to catch him off guard. He's just like, nothing's on schedule for God because it doesn't, it doesn't revolve around a time schedule. Right. It just is like it, all at one time it is. And so it's, he's not phased by any of this. So why should we, let's just ride with him. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, hey, man, I don't think we could end the, this portion on any better note than what you just brought up there. So, yeah. uh, again, I just want to say if you guys we've talked about this movie, but you got to see it. You guys got to go check out The Shape of Shadows. Uh, do you want to plug where people can find that and all, all that real quick? Or you just <laughs> call you while you're coughing. Like, right just like last night I went out to dinner and every time I stuffed my face like the big fat uh, slob that I am. <laughs> The waitress walked up and the last time she just laughed and set the check on my table. And I was just like, yeah, this guy, I, nobody should yeah. watch him eat. Um, I should not have been in polite society. Side note, while you're <laughs> yeah, I, I want to really give a shout out to my, my beautiful wife because the reason we were out last night is I've been married for 10 years to the same wonderful woman. So uh, I don't know how she's put up with me this long. But she has, and I'm just hoping that she has enough uh, grace left in her to put up with me another yeah. 10 years. But yeah, where can people find The Shape of Shadows? Uh, yeah, so The Shape of Shadows is available on Merkle.media is where you can get it. Uh, you can rent it or stream it on demand by purchasing it and buying it. It's, it's, it's buy or rent. This is a great sales pitch. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you hit the stream now button. It redirects you to our Vimeo on demand page, and that's where you can buy or rent it. And uh, you can watch it right there. Uh, and then you can also watch Expedition Dogman. That is actually available on Amazon, Tubi, Apple TV, a bunch of different platforms like that. Uh, and eventually, The Shape of Shadows will be available on those platform- platforms as well. But right now, it is not because uh, we're trying to make our investment back. So, you know, because you, you got to think like Amazon will take about 50% of whatever it costs to, uh, to purchase that, that film. So, say right. you, you buy for $10, they take five bucks. Then they're like, okay, here's five dollars, but I don't get the five dollars. The five dollars goes to my distributor, where they take twenty percent of the five dollars. And so uh, we're right now doing everything on demand through our website because that is the least amount of money that's going to take be taken out before we see it. Uh, and so once the sales drop off from that, we'll then open it up to Amazon, Tubi, and Apple and stuff. But right now, it's only available on Merkle.media. Uh, you can check that out. Also, uh, we have a movie coming out next year uh, called The Sasquologist. And basically, that is our first movie. And <clears throat> it's about a biologist in uh, the Colorado Rockies. And he is researching Bigfoot. And he found out through his science means, however, uh, that the Patterson-Gimlin film that was shot in California, The Offspring of Patty has migrated east to the Colorado Rockies. And he is tracking down this offspring. And he's trying to do it all scientifically, trying to get blood samples, hair samples, all this stuff. And uh, in that process, he comes across this kid who uh, is looking for Bigfoot as well. And this kid is very woo-woo. He's like, Bigfoot comes through portals. Doesn't everybody know that? And he's like, you're an idiot, you know? And uh, this (laughs) flash... And the kid's just like, you know, let me come with you. Let me come with you. Let me come with you. And eventually he's just like, fine, you know, shut up. And uh, then they start working together. And it just shows this journey of them working together uh, with different opposite ends of perspective. And um, 
in that process, they they open up to each other and you find out that they both have scars and deep hurts from the past that made them the way they are today. And uh, it, it reaches, I think, the viewer on a very personal level because it's going to, there's not going to be many people out there that watch this film that can identify with the character in some way. And uh, we all have our hurts in our past that mold us as to who we are moving forward in the future, especially if we're not trying to control who we are becoming in this world. And uh, we depict that in the film. Uh, and so this isn't like a, um, this isn't like a movie where you're going to see Bigfoot biting people's arms off. Uh, it's a, it's a comedy. Uh, it's, it's a drama comedy. It's funny. It's, it's a great movie. Uh, Joseph, uh, my, my film head of film streaming development, he wrote the movie. He, he's the lead actor in the movie. And you know, he's, He's been on Broadway. He's a fantastic actor. Uh, and so it's just a really good movie. I've seen the rough draft and uh, it's coming along really well. Uh, for a first movie for Merkel Media, it's it's really good. So I'm excited about it. And we're working on some new ideas for future movies that um, they're going to be legendary. So uh, stay, stay tuned to Merkel <laughs> Media. That's, that's, my, that's my little cliffhanger for you to go follow me on Instagram. So <laughs> you always so, know where to yes. find my stuff. That sounds awesome. The Sasquologist, guys. I can't wait for this movie. That sounds amazing. Uh, if Tony will stick around for a minute, we're going to head over, chat with people on Rumble and Odyssey, read your guys' uh, Rumble rants. Uh, if you guys have uh, memes on Odyssey or send them to us on Twitter, we'll get to all those. So thank you for listening. If you're an audio listener, please come over, follow us on Rumble. Uh, all of our links are conspiracypilled.com. We appreciate you guys. Go check out Tony by The Shape of Shadows, and we'll see you guys uh, next week or tomorrow on Unhinged. Go